Hello and welcome to another podcast. It's nice to be back here. I am Coach Mark and it is good to be speaking to you all. Apologies for the delay. Um, I have been quite unwell recently and it's taken me a while to get back on my feet. I'm not fully there, but I am certainly in a better position than I was. So thank you for everybody who has messaged me or reached out to ask me where I vanished to. I am still around, but focusing more on trying to do other things than just one-to-one coaching. So let me speak today about what I'm bringing for you. Okay, I have been given a fantastic opportunity to review a new launched book, an ebook, and by a great company called Excel Now. Um, now I cross paths with them on Substack. Um, they have just launched their own Substack, and of course I have mine. So if you'd like to check mine out, please do. Um, and of course, if you would like to follow me there, I would be so grateful. So um, Excel Now, let's talk about their Substack. So what are they trying to do? Well, they are in the process and mission of bringing advanced English to as many people as possible worldwide uh, via their free articles on Substack. And in addition, they have subscriber-based articles, which gives you, I suppose, like blueprints and reports from what I can see. It's kind of comprehensive. So everything from IELTS, if you're wanting to know how to nail it, their reports are available for their subscribers only. And um, if you want to know how to improve things at your business interviews, your job interviews, your presentations, and it's not just giving you guidance, it's giving you phrases and wording. So actual templates that you can use and practice with to get exceptionally confident in this and that's what I love about them and they're doing it all as part of their Substack subscription so in the past you might have to have bought a particular program or go online and subscribe for a year to something well in this case it's not um, you literally just join their Substack and you can access all of their exclusive reports available and the other good thing is in their launch phase they are offering a discount of up to 65% off the subscription on a monthly basis. So that brings it down to about less than $3, if I recall, um, a month, which is fantastic value for money, considering how much your coaching lessons could cost you. This could be a way for you to access some really high level stuff Okay, and looking at some of the stuff I've been able to review, it does look fairly comprehensive. Now, buyer beware, I am not a full <laughs> recommendation um, here of this product, okay? I would like you to go and check them out for yourselves, okay? Don't take my word for it. As I say, they contacted me and I'm delighted to be given this opportunity to check them out. So far, it looks promising. But let's talk about their book. So they have one book that is launched already and the details for the book and their store is in the show notes below. Um, this particular book, their first book, is something that's close to my heart, which is why when we got talking, they asked me to review it. So let's talk about what it is. So it's um, a book called How to Sell and Close More Deals Fast and Maximize Profits with Powerful Sales English. Right. Okay. So it's very comprehensive. But what does it teach you to do? Well, I love this book. As many of you know, my background is over 25 years in sales and marketing and running multiple companies. Um, at one point, I was working with HSBC many, many years ago. And as part of that coaching and training, we learned a lot of sales techniques, such as the power of persuasion, how to use above the below the line language. And what I love about this book from Excel now is that they are touching upon some of these things that I learned many, many years ago. Okay. So in total, it is a 20 page book, an ebook, and it is available for a very, very reasonable price. I believe they're, they're pricing it at £5.99. They're working in pounds. I work in dollars. Um, and they cover things such as the power of persuasion, 
Okay, so why smarter sales communication matters. The taboo of native English is a great chapter. I love that because it's talking about breaking the silence and overcoming the shame of your English as a second language. Now, I thought that was a great chapter to put in because many of my clients in the past have expressed dismay in their English. Even though you have great English, you're often your hardest critic. So if this is you and you tend to refuse to speak or very reluctant to speak still in meetings or for your sales presentations because you're embarrassed about what you think is your level of English, this chapter can really help you rethink that and reframe it. This is a very positive and encouraging book, so I'd like to encourage you all to take a look at it too. Um, chapter three, understanding your sales mindset, exploring the relationship with clients, and then we talk about mastering the art of lead qualification, so they guide you through if you're going to a trade show, which many of you will be this year and next year. Now things are back up and running. That's so essential, right? Because at trade shows, you've got to make interaction with clients and visitors and you have to know how to quickly qualify them. Are they worth spending your time with or are they wasting your time? And you could be with the other woman over the other side of the, the show booth there who's probably got more money to spend and a better prospect. So they show you everything you need. They also talk about the words to positively shape perceptions with Western clients. Now, this is the subject of their second book that I believe they're currently in the process of publishing. So it will be launched very soon on their store. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and I bet I'll probably get to review that too soon. Um, so, yeah, that is looking at why are Western clients different to sell to? than Eastern-based clients. So let's talk about this a little bit, but I'm not gonna go into great detail. That'll be another podcast. Individualistic societies are people from America, Australia, the UK, Canada, New Zealand, these types of cultures, maybe even South Africa, um, where it's more selfish, self-centered, okay? Uh, I'm not saying you're all selfish or, you know, for me, I, I'm British, so, you know, I fall into that because that's where I was brought up. Although I'd say now I've blended that with this more collectivist point of view. So if you're from a collectivist society, you're more likely to be from Asia, uh, the Middle East, or countries where the group is prioritized over the self. Okay, so um, collectivist societies, if you're from, say, China, or Korea, um, Vietnam, and you're going to sell at a trade show, maybe to someone from Britain or the you know, United States, um, you've got to be careful your language you're using, because that is a huge difference. Um, if you go in there and try to speak as a collectivist way, you're going to be using vague terms as far as your Western counterparts are concerned. They won't understand. You'll seem like you're not getting to the point because that is the point. Collectivist societies and language is about being vague so we don't hurt people's feelings and we're not as direct and what they would class as rude or abrupt. Okay, From a Western point of view, though, speaking and trying to do business with those cultures, it's like a minefield. It's like what are we agreeing to here? Because nothing is very clear and it can get terribly confusing. And I myself have, suff have suffered the same, okay? Um, when I first came here, I really did not understand it. I'll give you an example, okay? Um, a collectivist, somebody from say Asia, for example, okay, might be at a trade show, right? Now you might be meeting there and you may say something like this. Well, your application shows promising strengths and with further development, uh, I think it can reach its full potential. Now, if you're from the West, you've probably heard that and thought, oh, 
he likes it. He's he's saying it, it can reach its full potential, okay? And it's promising, right? Okay. So it sounds you would think we love it. Not so. Okay, let me translate that now. Okay, so really, actually, what that person is saying is this is a load of rubbish. It needs major improvement to meet the standards that we have. Now, that might shock you. If you're from the individualistic thinking, you'll be thinking, how on earth does that translate into that? But if we go back to it, what they're trying to do is what we call save face. So in Asia, we do a lot of that um, when we speak. We don't want to appear to be rude or offensive, and we allow the other person to save face. We don't want to humiliate them. To be humiliated is the worst crime you could probably commit, okay, over here. Um, and we could get into a whole other conversation as to, you know, different, yeah, the whole center of humiliation, um, but we're not going to go there today. The point I'm making here, you have to be ever so careful. But equally, if you're from, say, the Asia region and you're selling to UK clients, you've got to get good at being more direct because if you're not, you're going to completely confuse and probably frustrate and annoy your Western client, which you do not want to do. Okay. So this is why this second book that they're working on is going to be a central reading, I think, even for me. Right. I'm looking forward to reading this when it comes out. But they do touch upon this in this first book here. OK, so it's definitely worthwhile picking up this book to start with. And at five pounds ninety nine, I think it's an absolute steal. So they're going to be talking to you a little bit about how the words will positively shape okay, the Western client's thinking. And also, of course, how to overcome some objections with grace and positivity, right? And then we're going to obviously give you some extra resources. Now, let's just touch, um, I'm going to dive into a few of these. But firstly, let me just speak um, a little bit more um, about sales in general, right? Okay, so when you're speaking English as a second language, um, it's important you get that communication style down properly. OK, um, so rather than extend with, you know, some small talk, OK, most people from the West want to get down to business fast. OK, they don't want to chat and chat and chat. And if you try to do that, they'll be like, what are we doing here? OK, um, and that could annoy them. So to succeed, you want to establish rapport quickly by demonstrating you understand their problems and have a solution. OK, so the best way to do this is to ask very incisive questions about their current pain points. Right. Um, also, then explain when you hear that, their frustration, specifically how your product or service would solve them. So what you would say that maybe they told you, well, look, you know, we spend a lot of time generating reports and it's so difficult. We have to use three different pieces of software. So if your software does that, you're going to lead okay, with your key benefit and say, don't worry, Mark. Okay, our software will cut your reporting time in half. Okay, rather than just giving vague claims, you've got to get direct back with them. Okay. You want to provide statistics, testimonials, case studies, preferably use testimonials from their nearest competitors or similar businesses within their field to show that you're already assisting their competitors. So they also need to get hold of this technology to be able to at least compete with them, if not outperform them. Okay. And of course, case studies really prove that ability to deliver results. The other thing to do is to address concerns transparently. Do not soft soap it. This is another thing that happens very much in Asia in particular. Um, and I understand why, again, it's down to the face saving and trying to be pleasant and compassionate and harmonious. 
The problem is, though, is that it doesn't help or translate with your Western individualistic thinking clients, okay? So you want to be saying things such as, I know the price seems high, yet our tool pays for itself in six months through its efficiency savings, okay? Give very concrete reasons and get direct, right? Um, another tip here is you want to be learning some nice idioms that many business people use in the West. So certainly things like hitting two birds with one stone, okay, or killing two birds with one stone, sealing the deal, okay, um, getting down to brass tacks. These types of idioms are very familiar and will help you build rapport. That's important. And send some personalized emails, okay, afterwards to demonstrate you deeply understood their challenges and establish yourself as that expert who can help them, okay? Um, again, in Asia, there is a tendency to not want to be blowing your own trumpet because it's just not an individualistic society. So if you're not confident still or comfortable in saying, I am the expert consultant here to help you, you could say, my company is. Because remember, in Asia, it's about the collective. So you could say, my company is the most successful in the whole of the Asia region. And we are looking forward and delighted to work with you as one of our clients. OK, I, my company would be honored to do so. So if that for you feels a bit strange and asking you to go too much to like a Western way of thinking and individualistic thinking, try to align yourself with your organization's goals and say though very clearly, the importance is to be clear about what you can help them achieve. So reducing your cost by 65%, increasing your customers by 25%, making you $3 million more, whatever it is, okay, a month, whatever it is, okay. But mastering these principles, you know, absolutely takes practice, okay. And really, when you think about it, as long as you're practicing and using like sales guides, etc., to help you get the right English, you can absolutely seal your own deals faster. So let's go back to the book. The book itself um, really helps walk you through all of that. So when you think about it, we want to ensure that you are using the power of persuasion, okay? Because persuasion drives decisions. So if you're attending a busy conference or making back-to-back -back sales calls, it doesn't matter. They all require persuasion, okay? And if you listen to the words I'm using here, it's the psychology as well, okay? If you're just going to recite features and benefits, you're going to lose that deal. And their book pretty much underlines this all the way through. So words are shaping perceptions. And looking at the book, um, it's very clear here that people buy based on emotion, and that is absolutely right. When was the last time you bought on logic alone? Most of us, think about the last time you purchased something, the chances are you originally were interested in buying it or initially because it excited you. Well, that's an emotion. That's not logic. Okay, maybe it was the shiniest new, I don't know, smartphone, or maybe it was the brand new car, I don't know, whatever it is that attracted you, it was like, I want that, or that's going to make me look a million dollars if I wear that, whatever it is. And then you probably use some logic later and justified your spending a lot of money on that nice shiny Ferrari or whatever it was. Okay, right. Okay. So if you want to be skilled with your English, we need to think about it like this, try to excite people with imagination okay and this book underlines this very well okay you've got to paint using your words when you meet with your clients at trade shows or perhaps you know on the phone you've got to paint the picture as to what this is going to do for them help them imagine how that's going to feel so for example as it says in the book if you said that you know people can't live without this product our, our most popular product itself our clients say it saved their lives 
because our software integrates easily with your systems. Imagine completing twice the projects in half the time after integrating our system into your workflow, right? Those things, or imagine the relief, or imagine the company's success or your success. Because if you are selling to an individualistic person, you've got to say, imagine your manager's face when you've just reduced the department's work time. You're going to be popular when it comes to promotions. So you want to help them imagine themselves getting a promotion because they made this smart decision. Are you following me? Okay, I hope you are. So let's go a bit further. Um, let's dig into a few more of these chapters. So we want to leverage the cross-cultural differences, all right? So actually, it can work in our favor, and we've got to understand it. So as we've said before, if you are selling to individualistic cultures like the US, Australia, the UK, always prioritize personal goals and benefits above anything else okay so emphasize how your product um, will help prospects advance their career increase status or attain some sort of recognition okay that's gonna like give them extra money maybe okay mostly individualistic cultures people from the uk the us canada etc respond to messages about achieving their dreams of being the very best okay it might seem selfish to you if you're from asia and um, or anywhere within a collectivist way of thinking it's just the way it is i'm not saying one way is better than the other it's not it's just different and we have to understand that psychology because if you go in trying to sell using your collectivist point of view it's not going to do the business okay and if your competitor knows how to get this right they will beat you every time because they're appealing to the things that matter and you're going to be using the wrong language this is why english is so important and um, when i used to coach english i used to say i don't teach english <laughs> i'm not an english teacher i teach the psychology and the power of words okay and from time to time i still do that for select clients but because of, of say my situation it's not something i'm really into these days but if you ever want to check it out and ask me whether i'd be prepared to help you feel free to reach me my details are down below so if we look at collectivist cultures as the book says if you're from asia the middle east or any other areas which values the community or shared rewards and sort of group harmony you've got to change your words so if you're from the west now selling to asia i'm going to recommend to you you've got to be talking about how your offerings help them smooth and operate performance effectively in organizations avoiding conflict building connections okay um, enhancing cooperation and team capabilities you hear the language it's totally different to what you're used to saying Okay. You're usually selling stuff saying it's going to help make you successful. You're going to be the best sales manager ever, but that will leave anybody from Asia kind of cold. Like, why would I want that? That's a bad thing. That means I stand out. That's not what we're about here. And you're going to switch them off. So you've got to understand this, right? And avoid assumptions based on those cultural stereotypes, because like I've just said, and this book says it too, not all Westerners are driven by competition and not all people in the East are focused on consensus. So you've got to get to understand every person you speak to, their motivation, ask them questions, try to find out what drives them. Okay. But the universal human needs are saving time and increasing profits, right? And then you can use a little bit of empathy and common sense to bridge any cultural gaps, all right? But if you make the effort, you will find out what drives your potential client and then be able to get on and sell effectively. Now, as I said, there's another chapter in the book, which I love, which is to, to really challenge you about the yeah, the shame of your English as a second language. There's no such thing as native English, I agree. Um, it's just about really how well you're able to effectively convey something, all right? That is fluency, 
UK and being native is just about the effort required. If it's simple for you to open your mouth and speak, you're native as far as I'm concerned, right? Um, we're not talking about, like the book says, over-focusing or mimicking kind of accents or sounding like I'm British. I mean, I've coached in my past plenty of wonderful clients, but some of them have said to me things like, I want to sound like you. And I'm like, why would you want to sound like me? And they're like, well, I love the British accent. I'm like, so? But, you know, for, I mean, I, I can do that. I can teach you how to sound British. That isn't an issue. And if that's your thing, we can do that. At the end of the day, though, you should be proud to sound like you with an accent. It makes you interesting and actually memorable. As long as your pronunciation is clear, that is the biggest thing to focus on. You see, if your accent is getting in the way so much, your words are not intelligible. I agree. We've got to do something to help sharpen that up. OK, but at the end of the day, being native is not sounding British, American, Canadian, Australian. It's about flow. Um, the brain often thinks in the native language, right, first before translating. And if you think about it, that can be a bit of a challenge for many of you because it can slow you down. Right. So it's important for you to get a broad vocab and focus more on your grammar and precision the pronunciation and accent comes secondary but as long as as we said you're kind of understandable you're good um some phrasal verbs let's just talk about some phrasal verbs that are very good um so in these types of business to business conversations you could say i'd like to figure out the problem with you okay let's figure out how to meet a deadline um there's something i'd like to bring up at the next meeting about this proposal Right. I'd like to open up to you, meaning I'd like to you know, be honest, transparent and vulnerable about some of the challenges we've got. Or we might say, look, we need to own up to this issue with our product. We know it's got a bit of a problem and we're rectifying it. Or you might want to wrap up the meeting and come back to it tomorrow, meaning let's finish it and you know, we will return. So these kind of native phrases are going to help people think or feel like you are familiar to them and they will relax more and be likely to do business with you. Um, let's also talk about some questions that you might get. So when you think about it, um, phrasal verbs aren't just about what you say to people. It's also how you handle responses. So if somebody says to you, right, let's think about this. How do we move this deal forward, Mark? Okay, then I might say using some nice phrasal verbs in my answer. Well, let me walk you through the remaining steps. Okay, rather than let me explain to you the remaining procedures. That sounds rather robotic, right? And a bit clinical. So if I use nice phrasal verbs like, let me walk you through this or let's go through it step by step, it sounds pleasant, engaging, and that's going to help you build better relationships and close and seal deals. Um, if someone asks you to fill me in on the details, um, you can respond with things such as, sure, you know, let me catch up with you later. All right. And we can go through where things stand or let me bring you up to speed on where things are. Okay, the conversation flows naturally when you're using phrasal verbs. So it's really important that you get some of these down and you practice using them. It's no good just knowing that you've got to use them. So challenge yourself, those ones I've given you there, try to use them. Okay, the next few weeks or months ahead, use them all the time. And eventually they'll start dropping out of your mouth as magically as all of your other basic English. Okay, if you don't use it, people, you lose it. Um, also, the book goes into a lot of things such as, you know, letting shame and embarrassment get in the way. It absolutely must not, okay? At the end of the day, the main thing to focus on is your fluency and confidence and pronunciation. That's it, okay? 
Don't try to mimic perfection. It doesn't exist. Even I stumble over my words. Just do what you can and the rest will follow. Your confidence is going to be the main attractive thing about you, whether it be on a sales call or whether it be at a business one-to-one presentation or expo trade show, right? So just lose yourself loving what you're talking about and the rest will come through and i might make that sound really easy i understand many people are terrified of public speaking and when i think back whoa well i probably in my childhood when i actually first started getting up on stages and speaking and that's another story and, and performing um at first yeah it is actually terrifying and it still is um but not to the same degree because once you do it on a regular basis you kind of just adapt to it it's like okay this is just what we're doing again today and you will then be able to use your brain processes more of that power for focusing on your client not on your own terror and your own self-centered thoughts about what are they thinking of me forget it okay what's important is you're focusing on the deal you're going to bring to the table and listen to that nice phrase of bringing it to the table um then going through the rest of the book very quickly, okay, so chapter three, there's loads more in the book. Obviously, you've got to get the book to understand this fully, but it's a great book. It's packed full of all of this great, interesting vocab, examples, and real-life things that you can do. So they talk about sparking interest with your language, how to explore that relationship with your clients, to really ignite the prospect's curiosity. They show you how to build rapport by mirroring the prospect's language patterns and listing out for the vocab and then reflecting these back. So if your client says, I see what you mean, Mark, you say, okay, so let's take a look at the next product. So you see, I'm using visual words, looking and seeing. I'm going to use words that resonate with this client. If a client says, hmm, yeah, that's hard to hear that news. You know they're more of a listening person. So you might say, okay, I know that's hard to hear, Mark, but can we try this strategy? How does that sound to you? So do you see what I'm doing there, right? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm going to use the words that match what is the vocabulary that this particular prospect uses. So listen out to your prospect. Ask them lots of open questions like who, what, where, when, hi, I don't know, why. Um, see what the answer with and listen for those clues. Are they saying looking, seeing, hearing, feeling what you mean? Okay, and then use the right vocab back. It will create a better response. Trust me on that one, okay? Um, often you need to ask some very smart questions. So what compelled you to reach out to our company? How could boosting output most impact your operations? Where do you see the biggest threats, opportunities in your market these years? All of these questions and so much more, okay, are shown here and how to use them. It's not just a book full of this, it's then how do you use it and put it all together? I love it. There's also some bonus tips. Um, so there is a little bit in there about the individualistic cultures and avoiding making huge errors with them. Okay. But their second book that's coming is a deeper dive into that. So I would definitely recommend grabbing that too. Also lead qualifications. It goes through specifically, there's a whole chapter on a guide for trade show success. So how to initiate the conversation on the stand, probing the pain points asking open-ended questions, you know, and finding out, uh, is this a high value prospect or not? Okay. And how do you clarify responses to ensure you fully understand? So if you're one of these people who struggles to understand everything you're being, you know, sort of told, you can say, okay, if you're not sure, you'd have to say, I don't understand. Could you say that again? If you've got a rough idea, you could say, so it sounds like your main priorities are doing this, this, and this, or improving quality, or did I, did I, 
understand that correctly. Did I capture that accurately? Is that your biggest challenge? Okay. Um, so it gives you a whole way to deal with this in a very non-obvious, I suppose, um, intervention. So you don't have to say, I don't understand, because that's awful, right? I don't understand. Could you say that again? No, 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 no. You say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Or, okay, Mark, so if, if I've understood you correctly, what you're trying to tell me is blah, blah, blah. Is that correct? And they'll either say, yes, it is, or they'll say, no, that's not quite it. And they'll repeat it again, and hopefully you'll get it right a second time. Okay. Um, also, it tells you what to do if you're unable to resolve concerns immediately, um, how to word that, such as I'd like to provide accurate information. So let me consult with our subject expert on this and we'll get back to you on that shortly. Um, how to qualify high value prospects at change, trade shows or make sure you're speaking to the right person. So the question is like, you know, who else from your team is attending the conference, right? That's good. If they say the managing director is and you're speaking to the assistant, I don't know, Clark, I think we all know you need to try and get hold of where the MD is, right? Okay. Um, are you involved in evaluating and selecting vendor partnerships? Tell me about your job. How long have you been with the company? They seem to be very vague and pleasant questions, but you're getting loads of information. They also go into how to move the deal forward, the language for that, and of course, again, how to use the right ones for the individualistic cultures and also the more collectivist thinking. Um, choosing the positive words, pricing, everything is involved in it. I mean, this is just, I could go on and I'm not going to, but you get the point. Hopefully there's been enough information here for you to think this is worth taking a look. Now you can hop along, the links are down below. So feel free to check out all of their goodies. They have other things I believe they're launching on there soon. Um, and as I say, that other book is coming shortly as well, which I think will be an absolute godsend to everybody. And I mean everybody. Um, I wish this had been around for me. So I hope this has been helpful for you. At the end of the day, I wish you every success with your sales. And don't hesitate. Reach out and let me know if there's anything else you'd like me to cover in the next podcast. Stay safe, take care, and keep selling. See you soon.